It's Wednesday, which means it's time to draft two more Best Ball Mania 4 teams here on the channel as I march along my quest to draft 150 teams all on stream. Wednesdays, we draft with the BBM3 champ, Pat Corain, fresh off of his celebratory anniversary mega stream yesterday. And of course, Rotoviz is Sean Siegel. These drafts get wild. Buckle up. It's Best Ball Mania time. Oh, another Influencer 101 for the Backward Hats, bro. Rig! Zach Ertz with no time. Tyler Algier bring back? Yikes! You reached a round for correlation? That's a no-no! You ADP bros disgust me. How about you just live a little? Handcuffing might actually be a way to get unique if the field's avoiding it. The Wi-Fi at this resort is a disaster? These fucking streamers don't have player takes. What if a piss boy draft is the room you need? Oh! Alright, Pat, you're about to do your eighth streamed best ball mania draft in less than 24 hours no one can compete with me with probably volume of drafts but within a tightly condensed window you got me beat right now that's right it's like one of those things like i i had that one peak season you know so <laughs> like my like hall of fame credentials aren't that impressive but you know i've got my brain and lloyd came out of nowhere and uh and ran hot yeah, if for some reason you guys don't know what we're referencing, yesterday was July 18th, which was the one-year anniversary of when uh, Pat drafted his uh, million-dollar team and Keen Capital, who won the regular season top prize for a million. They both coincidentally drafted it on the same day. So Pat had a mega stream yesterday. I joined Leone and Gretsch for a draft. He had a ton of great guests, so make sure you check that out on the Legendary Upside YouTube channel. I'm going to have to find time to watch that, Pat. I'm, I'm still angry that you're not going to service <laughs> us audio listeners because I really want to hear this King Cap versus Chess Liam uh, battle oh, that I keep hearing about. Let's just put it on YouTube, man. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't think dropping a seven-hour podcast stream makes a lot of sense. But you know, Pete, so far, Pete's the only feedback I've gotten otherwise. By the way. No, no, no. There are some people in the Ship Chasing channel. Our guy, Phil, who helps produce on here and, and helps in the Legendary Upside Discord, said he had a big drive to Buffalo later this weekend. Oh, all right. He was feeling very unserviced by you. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. All right. So what, what, because I, I mean, I, I really only, I saw a few little nuggets on Twitter, and then I obviously drafted a team with you that was what I would call like a quintessentially frustrating piss boy stream room yeah. what was the overall texture of your rooms were they kind of similar to what we deal with uh over here generally they're pretty similar um oddly enough i feel like the last draft that i did i i said because it was with rotopat and i was like listen i've been sort of trying to sneakily enter some of these drafts but i don't want to do that with this draft i want rotopat to be shocked by this room so yeah. i did like a three to one countdown to try to get as many people watching as possible to join the draft. And yet that draft ended up being probably like the most old school kind of like ship chasing from two or three years ago kind of draft where we were able to go zero running running back. We were able to kind of get a lot of our, our player targets as well. Like some of the drafts that, you know, felt structurally okay. I think it was the draft I did with Davis. Like we were in a structure that felt fine, but we mm. had like of all the players I don't like, like the guys I never really draft within a structure, which is sometimes those teams are actually kind of fun to have in your portfolio. But I felt really good about the team with Pat because, you know, both the structure and the players really were kind of reminiscent of years past, including my headphones dying and me having to make a pick head. on the call without being able to hear everyone. And uh, picking the guy that that people did not want, <laughs> so it was it was truly a throwback stream. Yeah, and if you guys watched the draft, uh, Leone, Pat, and Ben, and I did. It was this classic thing where we were picking from the end of the round, and we ended up taking the detour for Lamar, similar to what Pat and I did a few weeks ago. Sure enough, Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman do not make it back to the end of the seventh round, and we end up having to select Odell Beckham. So, like Pat. I have learned enough through this point. Like if we are in a piss boy room and Lamar is available at the three, four turn for us. No, we're just not doing it. We just can't take the detour. It just, it's wow. not going to happen. All right. Fine. Uh, I mean, it is, it is what it is here. Okay. Um, any other takeaways though, from doing that exercise, are you going to become a best ball streamer here? I don't know. I mean, I, I enjoyed kind of doing a bunch of the best ball streams at once, but I don't, I don't think I'm going to be firing up a weekly stream. I certainly will stream more. Uh, before the end of the year um but i don't know it was uh 
you know, when your first stream of the summer on your channel is uh, is a seven hour stream, the next day the idea of, of hopping back on the the streaming saddle doesn't seem super appealing right away. But I'll I'll be back out there streaming for sure. Um. All right. Well, we are going to be still streaming here every single Wednesday. And we are, have just hopped in a draft. I tip people off in the Discord. If you guys are YouTube members, you get access to those ping alerts. Looks like we got DJ Sabres in here. We got M. Wolf, who's been in a bunch of my drafts. I don't know if I recognize uh, any of these other names. We got Connor 100 in here. Um, there are a few housekeeping things I need to do. We do play the Ducks on the first draft here. So let's get the Ducks fed. Um, Pat, did you have any requests to play Ducks uh, during your, your draft yesterday? I did not um okay people yeah although you know there's a lot of a lot of comments i i gotta say you know the audio list definitely didn't consider this but the comments are probably pat you are now having technical difficulties something just happened with your uh with your audio here but real quick let's make the pick do you want to go cup mccaffrey or tyreek uh can i hear you now you can't hear me now you're good. For a second, your your audio seemed to cut out. I'm gonna blame the ducks on that. Yeah, okay, yeah. Let me let me make sure the ducks are down. And the other thing, Pat, that I need to do here before we start talking more shop is I don't know if you heard, but it's cold brew week here on the channel. No hot coffee pours. Oh. But this involves just this elaborate setup. It's not as easy of just bringing down a pot. So uh, just please indulge me here while I indulge the listeners here. We get our concentrate, Pat. It's about a one-third ratio we go for here. So we go one-third uh, homebrew concentrate. Then we get ourselves some nice Poland spring water here to, to top it off. And then the coup de gras, Pat, what the people really need is because they don't get a hearty pour sound, they need to hear the ice clinking in the glass. So then I bring the spoon down for them. And then we're done. We're ready to draft. I think I'm team cold brew. You know what? I love cold brew in the summer and I am on team cold brew too, Pat. But the setup of here, I'm like up in the kitchen and I'm pouring concentrate in a special little mug and then bringing down a bottle of water and then getting the ice filled and getting my spoon and a little paper towel to put the spoon on after. And I'm like, this bit has gone too far. No, no, it hasn't. <laughs> in fact, in fact, my only note is that the concentrate really doesn't add anything. I would maybe even add the concentrate second so that we can mm. get, right? Because the concentrate... Oh. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't have enough to move the ice, so you got to get the water, and then the concentrate can can top off. Well, do you know what another good thing, Pat? And I I do like just doing my cold brew uh, black, but if I wanted to service the video watchers to do oh, just like a splash dude. of oat milk in there oh. and watch it kind of dissipate into the rest of the coffee could be pretty good. I mean, you really should do that. <laughs> well, when I did a uh, cold brew uh, the other day, uh, one of your fellow Brooklyn residents, Clay, was telling me that I needed to get a mason jar. Is what I needed to be drinking my. Oh my cold yeah, that would be of. that would also be better. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, we do have uh, a piss boy room here. T Higgins off the yeah, board, dude. I love Jonathan Taylor with JT. Cup. Man, let's go. I I've gotten some like JT with AJ Brown, but I do oh, not. I have, I have not gotten. Cup any jt with cup that's fun really i have a i feel like i i should check your uh your fantasy life best ball tool, yeah um and see how much but i've got a decent amount is, is okay. my, my feeling on it i have a lot of taylor i'm at like 16 percent taylor and it's almost all picks around this range yeah um yeah maybe i don't know what I'll, I'll check my stuff i'm almost positive i don't have any cup taylor um i really don't get the taylor thing like chubbs now Going up to the one-two turn in a lot of drafts, like I would rather have Taylor than Chubb. Yep. Um, Gator Bait, that's this is right. We got the 2022, 101, and 102. Um, we are on the clock, Pat, so we can grab one of our double anchors here. I, I think that's optimal. I'm also down to do like a Mark Andrews thing if you want to try to play an elite tight end. But what do you think is the is the best way to play this? I'd be down for Andrews. I'd also I'm I'm back to taking Brees in this situation. 
Mm -hmm. So you, I, I want, I want you to Breeze. choose. Who do you want? Breeze. Okay. I do think, uh, so you're, so this is an interesting one, even with the, you know, cause we talked about this last week, the kind of, you know, pumping the brakes on Brees if we do get cheaper Brees. So even with that kind of Dalvin Cook specter, you're Brees over Ramondre? Well, this is what I don't get is that the, the Patriots are the other team that appear to be in the running right now mm, for Dalvin okay. Cook. So it's like, why isn't Ramondre getting dinged for and when i hear that i'm like well why are the jets interested in dalvin like presumably they're they're only interested in dalvin because Brees hall is coming up torn acl and their backup is michael carter uh you know and they're kind of going for it and they're trying to make sure they don't have any holes uh at, in the backfield that doesn't make me concerned about their opinion of Brees. it makes me concerned about their opinion of Brees's health a little bit right uh, but but maybe they're just being like kind of prudent given that they, they're kind of going all in with Rodgers here. With the Patriots, the, the mere fact that they're interested in Dalvin Cook is a red flag on its own. Like, why why are they interested in Dalvin Cook at all? They're not really going for it. Ramondre, you know, they, it's it's also in the context of them kind of floating more about this Ty Montgomery stuff. I guess you could argue they don't really have much depth at the position. Um, although Pierre Strong, I think... It certainly is more enticing to me than like a Michael Carter at this point, but but very unproven. So depth wise, you know, maybe they could use the help. But if they just wanted depth, like they could go get Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette or Zeke Elliott. Like Cook's gonna, you know, he's demanding the most money. So their interest in the most expensive one of these backs, I think, is a red flag for Ramondre. It, it's a really interesting dynamic that we now have in this early third round for the running backs, right? Because to your point, I just did pull up the the live odds on Dalvin Cook's uh, likely a plus 350 the Jets, implied probability of 22%, plus 375 to New England, 21%. So right there. So that dings Brees and Ramondre. Now we also have this holdout stuff with Josh Jacobs to where I do think we're going to probably get some cheaper Josh Jacobs. And now all of a sudden, all of these backs that we were like, hey, these are the screaming targets here in the early yeah. third. Now they all have their own, you know, host of question marks. And so I'm back to talent. And to me, Brees Hall is the guy who has the legendary profile to me far more than the other guys. Um, mm -hmm. As good as Jacobs was last year, he still didn't really get that close to a legendary season. Um, not to say he can't do it, but Brees Hall is the one who flashed the level of efficiency that we're really talking about. Yep. Yeah, it'll be... I mean, how long do you think this Dalvin Cook stuff is going to is going to drag on. Do you think something gets done before the start of the season? Oh yeah. Before the start yeah. of the season. I think so. Um, all right. We are on the clock here. I'm definitely on board with uh, Deandre at these prices. Anything else that jumps out to you? I think Deandre makes the most sense for this team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were talking with Leone about this yesterday where he had, I mean, he had him what, like as an early fourth round, value i think in their new rankings projections I, I think this is like a solid landing spot um all things considered obviously it's not bills and chiefs but i'm i'm pretty excited about a Tannehill led titans offense with hopkins nuke and the big dog i'm not with leone on that level of value i mean I, I do think hopkins has fallen off some uh i think he's more of like an underneath intermediate type of guy. He's not the downfield dominator that he was in his prime and I think that creates risk, given that this is going to be a low-volume passing offense. Um, but he did convince me that I was probably being a little bit too nervous about it. So mm. um, I've now got him basically exactly where we took him. Like, I, I would take him over Christian Kirk now. Yeah. After talking Leone, but... I know you like Ayuk. Uh, are you still Hopkins over Ayuk? I'm still Hopkins over Ayuk, yeah. It's... Court <laughs> yeah. I was sort of struggling with it because it's a pretty flat tier, and trying to figure out exactly where to place him but i ended up slotting behind dj Moore, but but ahead of those other guys so we're on the clock deontay johnson has steamed up here you still got godwin who i know you don't like a ton marquise brown jsn um what what, what direction you want to go here i'd be inclined to just take jsn yeah i mean i'm, I'm never turning down jsn again similar to those early third running backs that now have question marks like the early fifth round and I guess you could say most of the fifth round for wide receivers is kind of like another soft dead zone here where I tend to really like the guys in the sixth. Yeah. Um, 
it's, it's i've always kind of thought it's been kind of dead because i don't like yeah. godwin that much right um, so i know sean loves godwin but i'm just not i'm and i'm i'm at seven percent and i have him in some high stakes stuff so i i have my godwin like i'm slightly behind the field but in my overall portfolio he'll represent more than like eight percent of it yeah so yeah so i have godwin you know i'm not out but i just it's like kind of a he's been more of a volume-based play and he's on a terrible offense so yeah i did the other day was it monday i did i think i shared that draft with you where i did that hyper fragile build where i started cmc pollard and Ramondre, and in that one i believe hopkins and godwin were my first two where i do think when i'm kind of trying to catch up at wide receiver and just give me that volume there yeah but in this build we took two um kind of hopkins and jsn are kind of fun ways to like polarize like the type of wide receiver you're taking for sure and you're with cup so cup's like True. holding down you almost have two yeah. wide receiver spots to fill after cup um, you know, you're paying so much for him. You need him to be cup. What what ended up being the, uh, your favorite draft uh, that you did yesterday, where you thought everything like came together nicely? The last one that I did. Um, yeah, the one where my my headphones died. So I actually, it's funny because I didn't pick Rashad White. I was like trying to figure out who they wanted between Rashad White or Isaiah Pacheco. And I just had to start starring people. I knew we needed a mm. running back, but then. Uh, Pat held up this, and I was like, "What the f is that?" And I was like, so confused that I actually switched it back to Pacheco. Just as like, I don't know what this could mean, but it doesn't mean. And it was a W for White. Oh my, that was that's like the 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 lost not Penny's boat. You know, you guys are just like communicating through sign language to get this draft done. Yeah, but I went back to Pacheco. Uh, and then the internet freaked out thinking he was going to miss the first six weeks, which is hilarious. Yeah, we're, we're starting like yesterday was probably one of the first like big like news fire hose days. And we not all training camps have even kicked off yet. So, I mean, it's it's going to be pretty wild. Yeah, it did make me question like the reaction to the Pacheco stuff was 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 kind of embarrassing, wasn't it? Well, what do you mean? Well, like, they, there's this thing about the pup, you know, they might go yeah. on the pup. But, like, that does not mean he's going to miss six weeks of the season, which was what no. everyone's reaction was. Or, yeah, they, or they, even they don't miss on week one. Field. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah, they have a, they have a, like, a off-season pup or a training camp pup list. So and Kendra got schedule. placed on that, too. Yeah. But I'm like, I, you know, with my rankings, I'm always struggling, like, how much of this is baked in? And I've known for a while that Pacheco might miss, miss the first half of training camp. That's been common knowledge for a long time. Maybe not common knowledge, but it's been reported widely that he's going to miss the first half of training camp, most likely. And it's like, that's known for weeks and weeks. So I'm like, okay, I guess I guess that's probably baked in. His ADP's falling a little bit, but it's just hard to know. And then I'm like, no, I guess it wasn't baked in. And now people are baking in nonsense that he's going to miss the season yeah um we're about to pick here at 610 our team so far double anchor with jonathan taylor and Brees hall three wide receivers cooper cup deandre hopkins and jsn we will see what and brig does here at 69 then we're up at 610 best available wide receivers right now Kadarius tony <sighs> gabe davis pickens yeah pat sighing as jordan addison comes off the board um what do you like in this range can we is are is there any tight ends can we try to take a tight? I yeah. think, Pat, I think this is the classic. I mean, we should get yeah. two of this group. Okay. I mean, I like I like Burks as much as any of these other guys to pair with. You want to do the double stack? Because then this let's pushes just do us it. to Let's, make the, to let's make the chat mad. So this is very similar to the hyper-fragile one I did on Monday where I did get Burks and Hopkins. And then, you know, Tannehill, at least in the, the drafts I've done since the news, he hasn't really pushed up a ton. Um... Yeah, I'm, I'm completely fine with that. I was trying to see the only other, we didn't take um, Ramondre, so the Gabe Davis Week 17 correlation wasn't quite as big of a deal there. So I don't know. I think we could, you can go any direction with those. I have Gabe one spot ahead of Burks mm. in my rankings, but it's like if you already bet on Hopkins, to me, I want to bet on Burks. It's you're betting on a, a Seahawks situation. It's a concentrated 
you know, two Seahawks from last year, I mean, or Dolphins from last year. Yeah, that's what I said. Like some people, when I posted my Burks uh, Hopkins, and I was like, oh, good luck with two, uh, you know, Tannehill wide receivers. And I'm like, kind of that's, I almost would rather have two than one in that like if if one of those guys absolutely smashes it means they're probably having a really good season on the whole i am happy to take uh gabe here though oh, as too. he sl slides a bit and by slides a bit i mean at adp in uh in this room <laughs> <laughs> i mean the only i've been taking you can see here i'm almost double the field on quentin yeah. johnston my davis stuff has been i think it's because i don't take allen a lot but i'm still slightly overweight on him he still feels like a nice, I don't know, risk reward bet relative to these other wide receivers. Yeah, I'm actually, I was thinking that I might be, I might have a bit of a leak with Gabe Davis and that I should be more aggressive. I'm at 11%, so I'm not um, out at all, but he feels like the kind of guy who could come up in ADP a decent amount. Uh, and I say that because it felt like he kind of got docked with the Hopkins thing and then just like never recovered. Mm. You know, like why are we nervous about Gabe Davis at all now? Like he's going to be out there in two wide receiver sets for like every snap. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, in this room, um, but I, I, I'd rather him over, over Pickens, right? Like why wouldn't yeah. you're like hoping you're hoping Pickens becomes Gabe Davis is basically, you know, that he starts having some of those random spike weeks, but his quarterback plays so much worse. So even if he's better than Gabe Davis as a talent, like his production is probably going to be like equivalent to Gabe Davis. So I don't know. Do you know what example that when you say that there's kind of like this lag of people bracing for Hopkins and then it never caught up. It reminds me of what happened with Jonathan Taylor a couple years ago when Taylor had his legendary season and it was the season where Carson Wentz, I believe they, they were having some like quarterback uncertainty where no one knew. I think Carson Wentz was hurt and everyone was like, who's going to be the right. quarterback? That's right. And yeah. JT was like sliding to like the mid and late second, even though he was coming off of like a really encouraging rookie year. And he ended up obviously being the league winner that year. But his ADP, even when Wentz was then confirmed the starter, he still kind of just hovered and only came up a bit because people were so anchored to that initial fear. Yeah, I forgot that that's why that happened. Yeah, he was like a late first and then he dropped to the mid to late second and then he came up, but he was going next to like Gibson in the 202-203 range. Um, and one of the reasons that being in on Antonio, Antonio Gibson that year hurt so much is that you could have had way more JT if you if you weren't. Uh, it's it's a weird dynamic. I don't know. I mean, I think people just kind of forget to like update certain guys. Like, oh yeah, I liked Gabe Davis a lot more before this Hopkins new, you know rumor. And I think that's probably one of the biggest examples of just maybe if you want to push back on ADP being efficient, you could talk about like ADP anchoring to like the molasses level news, right? When there's like some kind of big piece of news, everyone reacts to it pretty aggressively. But some of those like slow drip things that take forever, like the ADP anchoring is going to be stronger than say a handful of sharp drafters like properly adjusting to it. Right, right. Um. All right, we're about to be on the clock at 8.10 here. This is what I uh, always refer to as kind of a gross portion of the draft. Although a couple interesting names here at the top relative to adp sliders here we'll see what and brig does he takes james connor zay flowers does fall to 94 here uh anything else you'd be interested in i think we're almost like legally obligated to take a falling wide receiver in this room <laughs> i think so too um you know I have no problem. I, I like Zay at this price. There's all the Miami Dolphins running backs that you can get to correlate with him. And it really does set us up for um, not having to reach on really any other wide receivers. The other thing about Zay at this price is like, this is where you could just get him being like a one-off league winner and not mm. like the correlate. Because I mean, this is almost where we were getting Garrett Wilson last year. He's not nearly the level of prospect that Wilson was, but um, in this room, I feel I feel pretty psyched about getting a first-round rookie wide receiver this late. 
Yeah, and then it does set up here to be a very sweet spot for running back, you know, tight end, you know, Najoku and Fryermuth are here, but that feels early. No QBs that we really need to take here. Do you have a favorite running back? I mean, James Cook correlates with Gabe. Mm -hmm. uh, anyone else? I mean, you can see here I have 17.4% James Cook, so I'm always down to click him. Um, you could do the Charbonnet with JSN, similar thought. But if you just want to play the ADP, you know, Cook is a little bit more rare here. Yeah, let's do Cook. Cook's a fun third uh, running back here. And then just to kind of like look at our quarterback stuff. So we have Tannehill, we have Stafford, we have Geno. Um, those are our quarterback options. You could also do something with potentially Rogers who tends to fall. Um, and then whatever we do at tight end, maybe it's also kind of keeping in our back pocket, breaking some ties in favor of tight ends with later quarterbacks, because we're not going to be selecting probably more than one more wide receiver. Yeah. I think we'll do one more wide receiver because we're going three quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, um, Chris says, is the like button broken? I just checked. Yeah, only 41 likes. It must be broken. Can you guys smash it and uh, see if you can turn it on, turn it off, and get it working again? Appreciate you. Uh, as always, uh, for all of my draft streams, these are eligible for the comment giveaway. We're well on our way to 15,000 subs. When we hit that, I'm going to give away $500 to three different winners. And to get entered into that drawing, all you have to do is leave a comment on my draft streams. I have created a playlist on my YouTube channel, so you can go back, leave comments on all of those old ones. And I've already had some people reach out, Pat. I got some data scrapers who are going to help me do some heavy-duty data scraping to pull all of these comments, get rid of the fluff and the duplicates, and make sure we have a high integrity to this contest. Nice. Are, are you going to be submitting that to the uh, best ball <laughs> The best ball data ball. I should. It's just like, and it's me just like asking someone, can you send me the code that you use? So they'll be like, this is how I got all my comments. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you win, but I think it would be a great submission. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah tyler saying like to help pat recover from yesterday we Please. also said uh we, we mentioned this at the end of uh, our stream on the legendary upside uh mega stream yesterday gretch and i wanted redemption drafting because that team we drafted left such a gross taste in our mouth so i believe we are going to do a best ball mania draft tonight on ship chasing as well pat. yes yes we are yep um, yes, as Nick said here, the best ball data bowl, check out Monday show. I had uh, Dylan come on who just, uh, did a really cool submission looking at running back archetypes and the type of late round running backs you want to be selecting. He had some interesting research kind of comparing the true handcuff types versus the backs in ambiguous backfields like the bears, the dolphins, the saints. Um, so check out his findings and you can also review his entire submission, how the sausage was made over on the best ball data bowl Site, which I linked to down below. That contest locks on August 1st. Um, I know a few of you are keeping your submissions in your back pocket until the last minute, but really excited to see what all the data whizzes come up with here. So are these um, best are ball data bowl? Oh, sorry. Let's let's no go ahead. Well, I just think it I is it like best ball where you're trying to time your your entries? <laughs> I think so. I think so. I was kind of hoping Pat uh, would fall to too. us at 118. Uh Correlation with JSN and out to another quarterback, uh, but too good to be true there. I mean, you did and Richardson I love go? I didn't see him, but he like did. He, he went be, right. Okay. 80s. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, Penny can, makes a, lot, a ton of sense. What's the other half of the board look like a quarterback? Are we? Yeah, because that's the thing. If around? we want to see where's the Metcalf drafter, the Metcalf draft, DJ's behind us. So if we want Metcalf, we probably need to take him now. Or sorry, um, I mean, uh, but Gino. he's got a quarterback, so I think True. we let's take Penny. Yeah, let's do Penny um, because we still have options uh, at quarterback. The other thing too is I'm always down. Daniel Jones is Daniel a nice Jones. out for us as well with Cup. Yeah, and sets up. The only thing that kind of stinks about taking Daniel Jones in a zero uh, or in, in a wide receiver heavy build is like we're probably not gonna right. end up double stacking him. Right. Yeah, but I still you know, like. Okay. I think a Daniel Jones skinny with Cooper Cup on the comeback still can make a ton of sense here. We could also, like, Daniel Jones has enough rushing upside where I don't, like, I could go two quarter. Like, I I, I guess Jones Stafford doesn't work, so mm. we need a second that works. But that someone of that, you know, quality 
Yeah. The issue is Stafford's such a value that it's tough to find a replacement for him. But anyway, if we could get uh, someone okay with Jones, I'd be okay with two. Yeah, I, I think even though Dak continues to slide, I think for this build and getting quarterback upside, we have no correlation with Dak. I mean, DJ's the pick, right? Yeah, DJ's the pick. Um, I like... I, I really like getting Daniel Jones in those as your first quarterback when you've you know been prioritizing other positions and we don't have a ton of other stack options um, here. So I, I think I think Jones was a was a nice pick there. Nine picks past ADP. Our team here through eleven rounds. Daniel Jones at quarterback. Through, uh, four running backs: Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, James Cook, Rashad Penny. Um, wide receivers: Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, JSN, Traylon Burks, Gabe Davis, Zay Flowers. Um, Pretty fun team here, Pat. Yeah, I like this team. Have you, uh, what would you say, like, obviously yesterday was a stream you did with a bunch of different people, but have you found yourself with some of your drafts, like, grab it? I feel like mine are just so all over the map, like, stylistically. I'm, like, doing hyper fragile here, elite here, punt, QB. But like, do you find yourself in any, like, new metas right now uh, with your drafting tendencies? I would say my biggest drafting tendency is that i tend to it's it's rare for me to have like three running backs before round eight but mm -hmm. very common for me to have at least four running backs like through round 12 or 13 yeah that's kind of my biggest my biggest thing like i'm not i'm not taking a lot and I, i'd also say i'm usually done drafting running back by well, sometimes I push it and I'll grab a Fournette or a Hunt or a Zeke or something. But that's usually like one one last, my last running back. And I don't take a lot of like the super flyer running backs, which I plan to switch once we get like training camp info. Yeah. And there's like, and we know like, oh man, like you got to be drafting Malik Davis. I don't Davis. know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Malik Davis or like Pierre Strong has like completely taken over the number two job behind. Like, yeah, Ty Montgomery's not a thing. It's like Pierre Strong now, or Isaiah Spiller is like they're shocked at how much better Isaiah Spiller looks. Like I will take Isaiah Spiller then. Uh, yeah, I haven't taken a single Chargers running back other than Eckler so far. One thing I've been starting to think about more, and for a lot of the early part of the drafting season, I wasn't um, really worrying about like uniqueness elements a ton. But as I start to think through some of these running back two running back, three battles. I've started to think about it a little more. Like I like Pierre strong. I, I drafted a shit ton of him in the big board. Like he, I think I called him this year's, Eno Benjamin at one point, which could be a compliment or uh, very much not a compliment. And the thing is though, Pat, like he gets drafted based on his ADP, like in like 80 to 90% of drafts, even a guy like chase Brown is getting drafted in 95% of drafts and Travion Williams is getting drafted in 5% of drafts. Right. Um, and so I am starting to think about like, I don't love those guys who are fringe bets and are getting selected at a really high clip. So where I've actually, when I do my stuff right now, if I'm, I need a super late flyer, I have been taking Travion. And obviously if the news dictates differently, I'll switch that out. But right now when the information isn't there, I just prefer the guy that's getting drafted at a 90% less clip. A hundred percent. But the way I'm thinking through it is like, I'm not taking either guy right now. I'm taking mm -hmm. like Michael Mayer because I'm just yeah. like, he's just, that's just like free points in the final round or, you yes. know, so hmm, what do you think? Of, what are we, what are we doing here? So there's, there's a lot of options here. Dalton Schultz correlated as the bring back with our Tennessee bet. We could Kincaid and build out the big bills bet. You could do anything with the Rams counter to, uh, with, with Higby. I think one of these three tight ends is the pick. Higby, it brings back another, it's another bring back, which could be helpful on Daniel Jones. Like Cup gets us there. Higby actually blows up on a bring back Daniel Jones thing. The only thing is, Pat, are we going to, in this build, are we going to want any other Tennessee or Houston pass catchers? Whereas Schultz? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Schultz is, you're right. Schultz is the way to go. As much, you know, Pat, as much as I'm willing to capitulate on a Robert Woods share, this doesn't look like the Robert Woods share team to me. No, we don't have the wide receiver bullet. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, and also I would just guess like preference, um, by drafters, they're probably going to rank it, uh, Kincaid Schultz, then Higby too. So still a chance Higby comes back at which point, like I'm, I'm still on board with that. Um, yeah, I wasn't thinking enough about the Schultz bring back. 
Yeah, well, it's so funny because I drafted a very similar team the other week and I got shut out on Schultz and then someone reached, took Mechie in 13 and took uh, Robert Woods in like 15 and then next thing you know, you're taking Tank Dell to get a little correlation on your big double <laughs> stack there. Um, yeah, so we'll see what DJ does here. Um, I think I think Higby's the pick, right? Yeah. And that also... You know, we could, you know, if, if we get a big Stafford fall too, you know, this is probably, this is probably a three QB room, right, Pat? Yeah, probably. I don't love having two guys from the same game. Yeah. But I've done it. Yeah. Have you taken, yeah. Yeah, because that is the thing. When you look at the quarterbacks available to us, it would be like multiple guys from the same game. Because I was even going to say, like, have you done anything with CJ Stroud? I mean, that I have not clicked him at all. Oh, I've taken him. The same. You have? Yeah. Yeah, I've taken him a decent amount because he's he's going to be playing in week 17. Like, that's yeah. – I'm at 9.5%. So, it's okay. not above all the right. field. Yeah. Yeah. He's – there's a chance he runs. I don't think he's going to run, but there's a chance. And there's also a chance he's just like – you know, very efficient in this offense and maybe throws for some touchdowns in the right week. And I just, I, it's job security and it's, you know, maybe he, maybe he comes on down the stretch and we start to think like, Oh man, this guy's, this guy was undervalued a little bit in the draft process. So yeah. It's I don't not mind like, it. uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think my thing, I think I said this on another show where it's like, I want to get some more Stroud, but he just doesn't strike me as someone who's going to move up a ton. So I feel like you're going to be no, able to no. pack your Stroud bags kind of whenever you want. Um, we got Mark in the chat. What's up? I've done the majority of my drafts in June. Would you recommend mixing in some more drafts as ADPs have shifted since then? So yes. I'm partly by content purposes, partly by preference. I like drafting year round. I like drafting in different times. I think there's pros and cons to all of the different windows, but in general, I think, yes, like you want to be drafting throughout the year. And as we get closer to the start of the season, you're going to get more information and you're going to be able to build better teams with less dead roster spots. And so unless you are hammering a specific ADP edge early, um, I do think you should be uh, still mixing in drafts down the stretch. Uh, and also, Mark, you must be new here. Uh, we made the very tough decision a few weeks ago after, um, you know, talking with Big Rotoviz about the podcast that goes that I do with Sean going on their feed. We decided that Feed the Ducks was best placed here uh, so the Rotoviz airwaves could be free of the duck oppression. Speaking of uh, Tyler using the Laird emote that doesn't pull up when I pull it here, but you guys can probably see it in the chat. Uh, Davis and I are getting together with Laird on Friday for a podcast uh, right before he heads off to uh, Bucks training camp. I don't think we're going to do it live, um, but you can keep an eye out for that sometime Friday. Very excited to talk to him just kind of about all the running back discourse right now, too, with the holdouts and the contracts. He always has, you know, thoughtful insightful comments on that and you know he's firmly uh in the mix there as well so keep an eye out for davis and laird and i getting together for a show here nice um so yeah pat we're gonna have a decision here as far as like because this is it really does i know we really want to get Tannehill. um and then the question is who's that third quarterback um I feel like the Stafford double when we're getting to a third quarterback anyways, having those two from the same game isn't bad, but do you have any other, we can also probably push Stafford still too. Like if you yeah. want to get like Sam Laporta as like a third high upside tight end. Uh, I don't, I, I would probably just do Stafford, but I don't up. know. Or we could do, do we need the other running back? We could go like Ford. Oh, we were talking about getting a Dolphins running back, though. Let's, oh, let's right, take Stafford right. and regroup. Stafford. Let's take Stafford and regroup. I think that's one of those spots, right, where it's like there's other guys we like. Um, there was so much coverage at quarterback that if we did have a consensus on another player to take, we could have done it. Um, but I don't. We we almost have too much flexibility in this draft. I'm like looking at all these players. I'm like, oh, Tyquan Thornton is a bring back to our Bills stuff. Oh, we got Miami running back as a bring back to Zay Flowers. We have all kinds of different options we could go here with uh, four more picks left. 
Yeah. <laughs> kind of wish we took a wide receiver there. Uh, but we'll see what happens here. Um, which were you eyeing Thornton or someone else? Hodgins. Okay. Yeah, I haven't been taking a ton of Hodgins because I take so much Hyatt and Wandell now, but I'm happy to mix in Hodgins here. As our this would probably be our last wide receiver. That's probably our last guy, yeah. So we have a two four seven two build right now. We got Daniel Jones and Matthew Stafford. Cover your ears, uh, Justin Herzig on that pairing. Uh, running back, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, James Cook, Rashad Penny can definitely uh, get to the fifth running back here at our leisure. Wide receiver, Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, JSN, Traylon Burks, Gabe Davis, Zay Flowers, Isaiah Hodgins. Hodgins giving us that bring back on the Matthew Stafford double stack with Tyler Higby and Dalton Schultz. So uh, I feel like we this draft is kind of coming to us fairly nicely as far as getting our stacks, getting our correlations and, and decent ADP values. We could do um, Tannehill as a third quarterback here. Yep. And we could do just two tight end, I think. We could. Right? So then we're talking about... And that would actually give us uh, the potential to go um, with eight wide receivers, wouldn't it? We could, yeah. I think we have a luxury pick that we can yeah. put... So if we, if we know we're getting to three quarterbacks and five running backs, it basically is, is it a three tight end or an eight wide receiver build? Exactly. So let's save that for the 18th round. Mm -hmm. And then we because got, well, you're going to yeah. have the, you're going to have a giant wide receiver or a tight end you like in the 18th. Most likely. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, although maybe, you know, as much, I guess it does depend uh, I guess Wando and Hyatt could be off the board by 14, but even then Slayton's probably there. I don't know. Worst case, we could take two, two. Well, where that, uh, David, that's the best case. Um, the, <laughs> one other thing though, about those guys is likelihood of coming back is we also have the Stafford side of it, right? So anyone trying to dial up that game stack, like we've, we've cornered the market on wanting pieces from that game. Assuming we, that our draftmates yeah. are interested in that. Although there's so many pieces that maybe there's like little mini, someone's trying to do a little mini thing the way we were doing with the Bills and the Patriots. That's true. I've sometimes wondered if, if basketball drafting will be much harder like two years from now because everyone's going to do their little mini correlations and it's going to screw up your main stacks. Hmm. You'll be like, oh, this guy sniped me on this. Like, why? And you're like, oh, because he has like a running back on a receiver from the other team and he brought it back. It's, you know, I was talking about this Monday too and it's still, and I had pulled up a thing, some research. Um, I think it's ZK, ZWK football on Twitter. And he had basically used some of the Chad data from the Badge Bros accumulating that and looking at what percentage. And again, that's a smaller cohort. Um, but how many people are actually stacking in week 17? And it was about like 10% um, wow. for those different ones. And it still makes me think too, like we're so far off from the majority of the field uh, doing a bunch of mini correlations, you know, like it does. Yeah. Feel yeah. Like... We're two <laughs> or three years away, but I think, I think we'll get there. Probably. Uh, probably. Just look at DFS, you know, like people do that, that stuff in DFS all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, does correlation with running backs matter much or just with pass catching running backs? To me, the correlation is I just want a game where there's a shit ton of points scored. And I, if that happens, it's often that two players from the same team or a player on the other team is also going to be the benefit of that game environment. Yeah, I think that running back correlation is probably pretty underrated at this point. Mm. Uh, I think people are... It's like hot. It's a little bit that it's just not been researched as much. You know, the the week 17 stuff that Leone looked at, it wasn't really a part of that. He didn't include running backs and kind of the, the game stacking stuff. Um, but I think that especially if you're getting. Uh, well, let's speaking of running backs, we should probably take. Uh, we need a running back here, right? Yeah, Take I mean, we could just take Tannehill and then figure it out. Yeah, okay. Unless unless there's a guy you really like here. Not really. I we mean, Gus double just... You want to do double Baltimore yeah. and do Gus with, with Zay? With Zay, yeah. I don't have a lot of Gus. Um, 
I think he's fine. Let's do it. What? Yeah, I was. Uh, I saw. Yeah. Mo, uh, normally, Jeff Wilson is my safety net there at the end of drafts. He didn't make it back to us in this room. Um, I was gonna also wonder would we consider Jawan Johnson if he slid all the way there? Although we didn't have any correlation pieces with him. Hmm. But um, sorry, what were you gonna say? Well, like, okay, so my team had Saquon and Daniel Jones on it, mm. which didn't end up being something that was like particularly highlighted um, because Daniel Jones didn't ultimately make my final roster. But Saquon was a big reason why I got to the final. Then he flamed out and his quarterback went nuts. And it was, you mm. know, it's a rushing quarterback as well. Um, I think that's like that's sort of instructive in some ways like oh yeah we are trying to win three uncorrelated tournaments in a row mm -hmm. it's helpful to have pieces that are that are both positively correlated correlated for the course of the entire season the Giants offense was good you wanted pieces of the Giants offense especially those two and so they beat ADP together they help you advance because the offense is good it can help you advance through single week uh, tournaments because either the quarterback or the running back is likely to have a good week and a, and a good enough week that it's going to hit your lineup in the in the type of score that's going to advance you through one out of 16 type of field. And then when you get to the final, you have one of those pieces probably a little bit low owned because uh, it's not that common to stack quarterback and running back right now. And they, they are a little bit negatively correlated on a one-week sample. So, like, I love taking Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor together. You know? Yep. I think I can get a low-owned Taylor into the final or a low-owned Richardson into the final. And yep. they have really high single-week. Uh, and, and look, when I do that, I also want to stack Anthony Richardson with his pass catchers because that's, like, it's one thing to get a leveraged naked Richardson in, but if you can get leveraged stacked Richardson in, even better so you know generally it's just it's something there's not a lot of cases where i don't like it um kind of given where the adps are on the running backs and quarterbacks because um, in a lot of cases the even the expensive quarterbacks have cheap running backs so yeah i'm i'm with you on that too because i think you get too caught like if you really are thinking about the negative correlation elements you are narrowing it down to a single week basically week 17 and in the like upper 95th percentile outcomes for those two players but the benefits of regular season macro correlation on a team that just smashes and the ping-ponging effect and getting unique guys through, I think the benefits just far, far outweigh the downside of showing up in week 17 with Pat. It's like, all right, Pat, you didn't use Barkley score. Uh, Boo-hoo, uh, you, got, you got the massive, massive game. In a way, it's almost like kind of leveraging the other piece. If, if you're like, I will take a sacrificial lamb from these two pieces if the other one rises to the top so much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. All right, Pat, we are going to have our choice of any Giants wide receiver. Hyatt, Wandale, Darius, make it back here. I, I'm fine rocking. We do so many three tight end builds. There's no obvious tight end here. Fine. It's actually gotten kind of wiped out. Yeah, it's totally fine to go too with this group. I think Schultz who's, is like the last one. Who's, who's your who's your favorite here of these guys? Well, what do we need? Like, let's look at the room real quick. We want as big, as much upside as we can because we have Cup, Hopkins, I think it's I think it's probably Hyatt Hyatt then. Yeah, I I think I'm fine getting my Hyatt now closer to uh to Robinson now that they're both free. It's kind of insane that Hyatt Wendell. I think I've said this on stream like nine times. Like I, their prices are still kind of crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, I like Wandell too. Um, and what we're looking for here, I think, is just purely a Week 17 thing, and this gives us, you know, I, I think want Slayton is not the answer because we have Hodgins. If Hodgins is like a partial hit it's because he was an early season hit and then fell off late season so you don't want to do the same thing with slayton who's like the exact same ar archetype um but hyatt and robinson are the reverse and then to me it's like how big a swing are you looking for because hyatt is the home run swing but he could be a total zero robinson i think will be something down the stretch but i don't know if it's quite as i mean he's he's gonna it's gonna be a part-time slot receiver right he's gonna have a 70 percent, 75 percent in a in a bull case uh route rate 
Yeah. Uh, it's just it's just hard for me to see him having a, a lot more than that coming off the ACL, but he could also just be their best wide receiver down the stretch. I want to I want to pull up this comment before we uh, put a bow and recap this team. So Beesper says, "What do you guys think of drafting Levis in a build like this?" He's referencing, of course, taking two Titans pass catchers. Seems like something we should be mixing in if you're double stacking the Titans. I disagree completely because the whole point of Hopkins coming over is, I mean, I do not think Hopkins is signing up to go play for the Titans uh, without some kind of assurance that Ryan Tannehill is going to be the quarterback. And so at this point, Levis to me feels like a red shirt guy. He doesn't even strike me, Pat, as like a Desmond Ritter. Oh, we'll see what he has the last three to four weeks of the season. Am I completely misreading that? No, that's how I mean, I'm. I wouldn't say that they're not going to see what they have if they're completely eliminated from playoff contention. If they're, if they're awful, right? Yeah, it, like what? What Hopkins? Hopkins has a say. All these players are going to have a say as long as the team is good. You know what I mean? Like, let's come here, let's win games. Let's everything's optimistic now. But if they don't make, if they miss the playoffs, the whole thing was a failure. Hopkins didn't. I mean, he got he went there to get paid probably more than anything, but he also went there to try and win games. I mean, he's not. He's not joining a rebuild. And I think more importantly, why would the Titans bring him in if their plan is to rebuild this year? So I think their plan is to be competitive with Ryan Tannehill, at quarterback. But that plan could also blow up in their face. So I think there's a still a decent chance that we see um, that we do see Levis. In some ways, I, I think, you know, Tannehill versus Howell is kind of an interesting thing. It's like I think Tannehill is a little bit more job security where. Uh, you know, he's just been the quarterback there so long. We kind of know what he is. They trust him. But, like, he could absolutely get benched at the end of the year. Like, it, it, he's got to win games yes. or he will get benched. And I guess that's why I think when you've made a bet, you've made this bet on Hopkins and you've made this bet on Burks, you need the team to be good. If they right. start out the season one to one and seven and Tannehill's a disaster, that team's already dead. Will Levis is exactly. not coming to save that team. So to me, when you are drafting Hopkins and Burks where they're going, you need it to be Tannehill and you need him to be good. I just think the the use cases where Levis hits is like Tannehill gets hurt and Levis is just this shocking revelation that we all completely missed as a prospect. And so it's like that's right. a pretty thin needle to thread. I can't imagine drafting Levis. I think what I would say if you're thinking about drafting Levis is go take a look. Rotovis has a good tool on uh, advance rates uh, from previous years. And you can go look and see uh, what the advance rates were on quarterbacks who didn't start the year. Mm. And they're very low. They're very low because you you don't take many quarterbacks on your team. You're taking like three at most, right, in an 18-round draft. Maybe you could get weird on DraftKings and take a fourth. But generally, we're talking about two to three quarterbacks. If you're taking a guy who doesn't play until the very end of the season, that really hurts your team. Like structurally, it's almost like drafting a one quarterback team. There's only a, a few cases, like maybe if you had Mahomes and you wanted to go Levis. But even then, I wouldn't do that. Um, I just think it's not... The payoff is not worth the risk that you're taking on of just having that essentially one or two quarterback team for most of the year. I actually like this uh, thought that James brings up here. If you want a galaxy brain, some Will Levis, do it in weekly winners. You know, if you have that stack there and all of a sudden you are getting a guy who's not drafted in those contests, if he, you happen to get four to five starts from him at the end of the season, you get a big spike week with Burks or whatever. Now you actually have like a low owned stack. Um, that's, that's probably a good place if you want to do some galaxy brain there because you can actually benefit um, from him being extremely... Uh, low owned all right let's recap this team pat i really like how this one shook out i think when we do the overall thing you could maybe say we're slightly weak at tight end but otherwise i think we accomplished basically every objective i want to try to accomplish here we have daniel jones matthew stafford and ryan Tannehill at quarterback all of them are double stacked with at least one bring back running backs jonathan taylor Brees hall james cook rashad penny gus edwards love cook and penny as rb's threes fours with the double anchor rb rb build wide receivers cooper cup deandre hopkins jsn Traylon burks gabe davis zay flowers isaiah hodgins jalen hyatt tight ends dalton schultz tyler higby what do you think pat i like this team a lot i think it's yeah. fun and i it you is. know the i guess we should we should check with Herzog on this, who's been kind of the most vocal on, but like having the two guys from the same game, but then we also have a third game double, double stacked with a bring back with the yeah. quarterback. 
does that matter now? Because we, I mean, plus Jones and Stafford, I think, are just such good picks. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm totally fine with this quarterback room, even though two of them do play each other in week 17. Yeah, and because you're you're getting the you're getting the individual stack benefits in weeks 15 and 16, which is still right. a very tough gauntlet. We got to finish one of 16, so having three different double stacks that give us chances in week 15 and 16 to get there, and then it's like, hey, we still have access to two games um, in the week exactly. 17 finals there. So yeah, I have no problem with that. I when I look at like the value we got on some of these guys, you know, the Zay Flowers dip um, in a wide receiver heavy room is fun. I do think Cook and Penny are like perfect RB3, RB4 types. And like I said, I think, and someone, people in the chat said it too, a little weak at tight end. I agree. I think sure. generally a third tight end could be comfy here. And the thing is, is, and Sean's gotten me really good at this too, as far as being a little bit more position agnostic at the end of the draft. Like we're not going to take Daniel Bellinger because we want to get a double stack with Jones and we want a third tight end. It's like, no, we're going to take the best possible player for that team bet, which was clearly a wide receiver. Yes, exactly. I mean, that, I, to me, like, Schultz is also on the borderline where you can... I mean, and th- th- here's the thing about Higby, right? Like, we're worried that Higby will just block too much and not run enough routes because their offensive line was so bad last year, and, and that's one of the ways they tried to manage that situation. But there is no one on that roster who's challenging him at the tight end position. Like, he is locked in snap-wise as their true starter. And Schultz, if he's worth anything, is going to be running all the routes for for the Texans. So, like, Schultz is either a terrible pick or, like, an acceptable two-tight-end guy. And I think the I think maybe the, I don't know what the word is, cognitive dissonance of, like, it, could this be a two-tight-end build versus a three is that we are not working under the illusion that Schultz and Higby really have the potential to be a top five or top six tight end. Right. But they probably have really good paths to being top 12 tight ends with the amount of targets that they can earn. And in this build, if we're winning best ball mania, Dalton Schultz and Tyler Higby are both top 12 guys. And if that's the case, you can absolutely have a two tight end build with two top 12 tight ends. And they're both correlated. Yeah. Thank you. That put it on our tombstone, and they're both correlated here. Um, Pat, what else do you got going on at Legendary Upside? Obviously, people, including myself, need to check out the marathon stream from yesterday. Anything else coming down the pike? Uh, yeah, check out the stream. It was a lot of fun. Um, a lot of good guests. A lot of good banter. Had some uh, some really delightful banter between uh, Liam and King Cap. That was that was some of the. I would recommend maybe I think that was all in the start of that stream. So if you want to check out anything, I'd probably recommend that. Was there um, was there any references to both of them being chess guys? Because King Cap no. has claimed that I think he can beat Liam at chess. Like Cap is really good Whoa. at chess. And so to me, like maybe I should preside over some kind of best ball chess like draft prop bet between them. I think you would be I think I recommend getting those two on stream together yeah again. so if you want to yeah i would uh it's a it, i think the world needs more chess liam and chess cap i love that um i need to i need to make that happen uh anything else people should be looking out for you still got uh credits over on underdog i still have credits over on underdog um yeah if you sign up for a yearly subscription to legendary upside uh you can get a 50 dollars credit to underdog takes about a week to hit your account uh, and you have to fill out a form uh, on the site. There's a at the top of the site. There's a uh, tab called perks slash discord. You go there and you just fill out a short form. Gives them your email address and your underdog username. And I send your username over to underdog and you get a credit for $50 in about a week. So uh, considerable uh, discount on the uh, on the normal legendary upside price there if you're playing on underdog. Yep, take advantage of that. Head over. I do have the links down below, both to Pat's Legendary Upside YouTube channel if you want to watch that stream, as well as to his site. Even at the very least, I always say it, just get uh, signed up for the email list. Pat does do um, a decent amount of free posts too, so you don't want to miss that. And then I have a feeling you're going to like what you see and then want to get subbed up to Legendary Upside. Appreciate Pat joining me here every Wednesday for the first draft on Best Ball Breakfast. Pat, I will see you later tonight uh, for Ship Chasing, where we will naturally draft another Best Ball Mania team. Of course. Later. All right. 
All right, up next, Road to Visit Sean Siegel with the Best Ball Banana Stand. Welcome back to the Best Ball Banana.